All right, let's get started. Thanks everyone for joining. Today in our AMA, we'll be covering part six of our tokenomics and the LP deposits, which we are newly opening up. Not quite yet, but very soon. Um, yeah, usually we don't have that many questions in the AMA questions channel to start off with. Today we have a ton. It's nuts. I guess a lot of it will be about the IDO. But yeah, let's see if I can get through all of them. <laughs> all right, so starting with Origin Life asks, currently the Phantom mobile screen does not show the type of LPs on the pool site. Will this be improved? Yeah, so this is a known bug. Um, as we're approaching our IDO, there is a lot on our plate. And so we need to prioritize certain things. Um, this is on our to-do list. I'm not sure where exactly it lies in the list of priorities, um, but it is not number one. But it is a known bug, so it'll definitely be fixed. So yeah, stay tuned. Uh, Diddy asks, do we earn a share of fees based on the pair we deposit or share of all fees? Um, so it'll be based on how much you deposit, just like any other decks. Um, I guess, yeah, okay. Well, you gave me the green check mark, so I assume that was the question. <laughs> All right, Jay Sweats asks, I thought it starts in 20. Yeah, so we did start this 20 minutes ago, but that was just so all of you could listen to my sweet tunes. Because <laughs> that's how we do it in the Lifinity Discord. All right, K5 asks, any additional rewards for LP providers? Um, in addition to trading fees and market making profit, I guess you're asking. Um, I mean, I assume you know this, but we recently made the announcement that there will not be an airdrop for early LP providers. Um, and if you want to read why, just check out our announcement on that. Um, there will not be any additional rewards for LP providers. Just trading fees and market making profit. Farm61 asks, I'm just, actually, it's not a question. I'm just here for the music and Durden. Let's go, Liffy fam. Let's go indeed. Gaius asks, after the IDO, for what kind of roles are we hiring? How can we help? Um, Let's see, we'll definitely add more developers. I think that is the main thing, uh, the main types of roles that we're gonna be looking for. Um, let's see, depending on how crazy things start to get in our Discord, um, there, there is definitely a chance that I will need more help, but that's kind of a wait and see type of thing. Um, and like a lot of our people in Discord are already helpful already, which is great. Shout out to our mods. Um, yeah, I think that's the main thing. How can you help? Um, like in terms of devs, if you know any devs, in particular those who, well, I guess uh, I, I was going to say those who know Rust, but I mean, we're not only looking for backend devs. 
we'll probably have or be looking for like front end devs too. Yeah, I don't know the details on like that. Luffy would have a better answer. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say, how can you help? Well, if you know a developer who's looking to work in the blockchain in industry and especially if they know about flares already or uh, Lifinity rather, they're like familiar with our projects. Um, that's always a bonus. Um, or if they have experience, yeah, if you if you could direct people our way, not quite yet, just wait till after our idea for that. But yeah, that would be great. Thanks for asking. Appreciate it. Uh, Emu Luzern asks, do you recommend a burner wallet for the first days of LP? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think the only rationale for using a burner wallet is if you're going to get scammed like it's for the website or the like the uh the hacks where you sign it or you per you perform a transaction and then it like drains your wallet right so i mean like if you're worried about us being a scam then you should use a burner wallet and if you're not worried then there's no need to um i mean i guess in general like it's a good idea to use burner wallets for for new things so like, <laughs> I'm not gonna be like, no, don't use it. <laughs> but you know, like, from my perspective, obviously, I don't think we're a scam. <laughs> that feels super weird to say, but so like, I don't recommend using a burner wallet. Um, anyways, yeah, I think I think you get the point. All right, Farm sixty one says, any ideas or plans for further marketing of Lifinity Protocol leading into the IDO? So, let's see. We do have like some Twitter posts set. Um, we also have, uh, we have mentioned before in the Discord that like we're developing new market making strategies and we're testing them. So we will likely release an article on that next week. Um, other than those types of things, um, I'm not sure. I guess the next comment is related. Seth Kudabidi says, we need more marketing. I understand the lesser the noise, the better, but yeah, we, we've we been deaf for a while. Um, so like, I guess our options, or at least the things that come to mind for me is like, we could do some type of paid promotion where, I don't know, you like, what do you do? You pay an influencer to like tweet about you or to make a video about you. I mean, like we get people approaching us for these kinds of things every day, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like that is an option. Ideally, there would be something better. Like if you guys have ideas for how to do good marketing because in my mind like those aren't great like the video can be good especially like if the person making the video actually makes good videos but like just a retweet thing from an influencer like i mean yeah maybe we'll get some more investors in our ido and that's good but also like you want people who actually understand your protocol right <laughs> 
because otherwise those are those are those are gonna be the moon boys right and they're just gonna um yeah it's it's not gonna make the community better for sure you know it's gonna it's gonna make the discord experience less good if it if it's just filled with like that kind of crowd um so yeah ideally you know we want marketing to be um integrated with education um but yeah definitely open to ideas for how we can do more marketing or improve our marketing so if you guys have ideas please let us know um yeah all right shardo says what happens to Lifinity that is bought back does it go into the treasury or is it burned yeah so this is in one of our tokenomics series articles but it goes back into the treasury so basically it's used just like all the other treasury tokens are used which is to uh be sold as ve Lifinity for lp tokens so basically it's to grow our protocol own liquidity um and then if we ever decide that like we don't need our treasury then maybe we'll burn it that's up to the dow the ve Lifinity holders to decide so we'll see mu loser asks how will the purchasing of LP after IDO work? Will the team suggest pools and people bring in LP, or do you do you LP directly from IDO funds, or does the or do protocols suggest their tokens to the community and offer bribes with it? Well, I feel like you're referencing like many things, <laughs> and uh, not exactly sure what you're asking. So I'm just gonna like explain how everything works <laughs> um so okay first of all like what pools do we add this is something that the team will decide actually we talked about this in part five that this is not something that we're looking for ve lifinity holders to govern because we don't think um they are informed enough to be able to govern it well and also like people just don't care enough to vote on these things anyways so the team will choose based on like how much volume does a certain trading pair have? Uh, does it have a pith price feed, obviously? Um, and like, is it not an ab absolute shitcoin? <laughs> so, cause we're basically like trading Lifinity tokens for other tokens, right? And so like, we don't want to have like something that's gonna perform poorly. Like if we know it's gonna perform poorly, we have good reason to believe so we don't want to acquire that so anyways the team will choose the pools that we add uh, once a pool is added as long as the liquidity it has is less than the target liquidity um, and also once we've developed and enabled protocols to bribe for pools then anyone will be able to bribe for any pool so it's totally open on that front um And then the purchasing of LP after IDO, I mean, it sounds like you're referring to our protocol own liquidity. Like how do we buy that? So basically we sell um, Lifinity as VE Lifinity at a discount. And that discount increases with time until a buyer is found or the max discount is reached, which will be 50%, the same as the max discount in the VE IDO. Um, yeah, so those are all the things. I don't know if I answered your question, but if you still have a question, just 
follow-up, and I'll get to it. All right, Shardo asks, could you give a rough estimate number of weeks slash months that it might take for the potential 23 million from the IDO to be fully utilized? Yeah, so this is difficult <laughs> to even give an estimate. Um, basically, as we add, so like some liquidity will be able to deploy rather quickly because we already have pools for them. And if you already have pools for them, that means like basically that those pools have been tested enough that like we can just add liquidity. But other pools, we're going to need to add them after the IDO. <clears throat> um, or even, even if we've added them before the IDO, if they haven't gathered enough liquidity, then we haven't been able to test them sufficiently. So yeah, so take those two factors into consideration. Um, and so before we were able to like totally um, commit a lot of funds to a pool, we first want to test it. So that's like something that will um, take time per pool. Um, and I'm not sure how long that'll take. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm very hesitant to give like a number of weeks slash months because um, actually I just don't know. Probably Luffy would be able to give a better answer. Um, but yeah, it's it's really difficult to gauge. But yeah, those are some of the factors that go into like how, how speedily we'll be able to deploy. Um, basically, but yeah, like bottom line, basically we want to prioritize safety um, over like, I mean, the idea is like, as as investors, since you invested in USDC, you want that to be put to use and start earning revenue as soon as possible, which is totally understandable, of course. Um, but yeah, the other side is, of course, we don't want to deploy it in a pool that, so like, for example, a situation we want to avoid is like, um, earlier with our testing of the MSOL USDC pool, we realized that it was trading a lot like a constant product pool. I mean, still better than it for sure, but like a lot like it just due to like the lack of trading activity relative to like the sole USDC pool. So it wasn't able to rebalance as frequently. And that means like it can't generate the market making profit as effectively as a sole USDC pool could. And so, yeah, so like to ideally avoid situations like that and stuff, the testing is important. Um, yeah, and like with the MSOL USDC pool, after doing that, the team realized that they could mitigate that through a strategy of using the sole USDC Oracle price for the MSOL USDC pool instead of the MSOL USDC Oracle price because that was the price that was getting stale because it has not that much trading activity. Um, and then just adjust the sole USDC price um, based on how much um, staking rewards the MSOL has accrued. Um, 
yeah, so like even if we encounter problems, like the team has in the past and continues to like find ways to work around them so that we can um effect market make more effectively and like the stable pools strategies that we'll be talking about probably next week is a part of that too um anyways yeah i feel like i'm just ranting or going on and on <laughs> anyways i think you get the point all right and your follow-up question how soon after the ido can we access the dashboard from where we can lock unlock the elefinity um I I'd have to check with Luffy, but I think it's like really soon after. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think like very soon after the idea, but yeah, not hundred percent. If you remind me later, I can ask ask Luffy and get back to you on that. All right, MU Luzern, what is your guess for the number of pools the IDO money will be put in? Is it a rather small number with a decent allocation or a wider distribution with smaller pools? Uh, my guess is that it'll be like a power law distribution or something like that. Um, so like right now, it's a little USDC. I mean, like, yeah, so I think it'll be like similar to what it is right now. Like none of our current pools are like at their actual target liquidity. <laughs> um, I say this. So like the sole USDC pool on this site, it says 1 million target liquidity is basically just a placeholder. So don't take it at face value. You can probably handle like another million or something like that. Um, and yeah, at the, the more trading volume there is, the more liquidity it can um, accompany, I think. So maybe not a power law, I'm not sure. Maybe a linear decline, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but how many pools? Hmm. I'd have to look at the pith, pith price feeds again, see like all the pools that um, we can utilize. What would it be? 30? I'm not sure. 20, 30? <laughs> Something like that. I think Luffy, again, has a better idea. I'm sorry I keep uh, deferring to Luffy, who's not even here. But, um, yeah. I guess this is the consequence of me not being a dev. <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, like, follow up with me later and I can ask Luffy about specifics. All right, uh, Shardo asks, with Pith soon charging money for their oracles, would it be paid from the treasury or from the revenue? Good question. Um, that's something we've not figured out with yet. Um, I think there's many options here. And yeah, we'll have to think about what makes the most sense. Um, and yeah yeah i mean so this is like one of those things where it involves money so uh the elefinity holders should be involved in that governance um so yeah i think that's something we'll figure out as a DAO when the time comes all right 
Shardo asks, IDO is in nine days only. How are we doing on the before the VE IDO roadmap? When white paper? Um, let's see, what was on our before the VE IDO roadmap? Um, let's let me find it real quick. All right, we have start accepting deposits from whitelisted members and flare holders. Should be done today. Release white paper. White paper nearing completion. Develop VE Lifendi program on Tribeca. Finished. Develop VE IDO program. Finished. Develop the revenue distribution tool for VE Lifendi holders. I think we're working on this. Set up a constant product pool for Lifendi USDC. Uh, I think we're working on this. Yeah, that's the summary. <laughs> I mean, like most of it is dev stuff, so um, like I'm not getting like detailed updates on that because me being informed about it, it doesn't really do anything. And yeah, so but yeah, that's that's the gist of it, I think. When white paper um, soon <laughs> before the IDO. Um, yeah, I mean, we do think it's important to get it out before the idea, so, yeah. Uh, okay. MU Luzern asks, burner wallet. It was not for fear you being a scam, but smart contract being new and thus being somewhat beta. Yeah, so I think for that kind of worry, it still doesn't make sense to use a burner wallet. Because, like, for example, if you deposit funds on our platform, it's only those funds that you deposited that are at risk, not anything else on your wallet. So it doesn't matter what else is in your wallet, only the stuff that you deposit. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm actually at the bottom. Wow. The end is nigh. Okay, Shardo asks, not part six related. Can Lefinity's stable pools potentially compete with Sabres, which is number two on volume? Yes, we can. Like uh, this new mechanism that the, uh, the team has developed is quite ingenious. And um, <laughs> I guess like TLDR, is it can't so in theory it can it can capture 50% of all stable volume and it doesn't even require that much liquidity <laughs> but like that's that's the very idealized version of it there's definitely a lot of like tricky things to actually make it happen <clears throat> and we're still undergoing testing and stuff so like um yeah yeah so still working on it it's not like a done deal but if we're able to pull this off in theory like that's the the upper bound of what we can reach and follow-up question what are the potential downsides of not raising the full amount in the ido are there any uh there are <laughs> the main one 
um, is that this, this is the way in which we are funding our team. So normally what teams do, uh, the more common approach is to get funded via VCs. And I mean, I think, oh, that's right, that's right. So this is one of our Twitter threads. Actually, I, I think I talked about it in the Discord too before, but there's, there's a few um, upsides to getting funded via VCs. Um, they, it's, it's usually easier because you don't need to convince like thousands of people to invest in you, which is harder, right? Uh, you just need to convince a small group of people. Um, so there's that. You can get help with like getting listed, less listed on centralized exchanges. Um, or getting connections with market makers, um, getting help with legal stuff. And uh, there's a few other advantages, I'm sure. I'm just not thinking of them. The downsides of investing via VCs is that they get a cheaper price. So then later when you're trying to build a community, um, people are less excited to join because they know that someone got in cheaper than you who will later be selling pressure. So yeah, so we're going this route. And but so that means like, this is our sole source of funding. Um, if you're if you raise from VCs, like you don't need to worry about this at all. Um, so it's kind of in that sense, it's kind of risky. Like if we don't raise much, like say we raise like 1 million total, that means we have less than 200K for the team, which is like not much at all, <laughs> like nothing. We definitely can't expand a team with that um, and can barely like fund um, the team for like, it, like it won't, the funds won't last long at all, right? Um, so that, and that's why like, um, that's one of the reasons why we're doing a capped raise. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something I guess, I guess I've talked about it more in the Discord. But anyways, that is the main downside. Um, I guess from the investor's perspective, there's no problem with that. Well, I mean, it's a problem for them, like if us as a team can't really continue. <laughs> um, yeah, but like from, from, yeah, this perspective of investors, like, like if, if few people invest, that means you basically get like a larger percent of the total affinity supply, right? than you otherwise would have if we had sold out. Um, and in that sense, like, there's no harm to you. But because that also means it's not good for the team, in that sense, it's not good for you. So, yeah, those are the factors I see, I guess. Good luck with the IDO. Excited to see how it all plays out. Thanks. I'm excited, too. Um, this uh, VE IDO, totally new. Um, I think it's very interesting. 
and people haven't really talked about it which uh i mean obviously they're talking about it here but like outside of the Lufinity discord haven't heard people talk about it much i guess like looking back it was probably like that for the mango ido too but then after their ido was a success then there was a lot of chatter about it so we'll see how our, our IDO goes. Maybe there will be more talk about the VE IDO if it's a success. <laughs> yeah, who knows? All right. Benox says Gaius is already an influencer. Gaius is one of our uh, whale holders in the community. And yeah, I guess he is an influencer. He has a lot of Twitter followers. Uh, Oh yeah, I should say like another marketing thing I guess we're doing is I'm appearing on a few like podcasts and uh, Twitter spaces and stuff. And uh, Gaius's spaces is one of those. Um, so definitely excited for that one. Um, he tweeted about it. Uh, I retweeted it on my Dirt and Wannabe Twitter account. So yeah, if you, if you want to hear me talk more, <laughs> then you can join us for that. Um, I mean, it's also definitely a different format. Like me just answering text questions. Definitely a different vibe than like me conversing with um, other people. Especially like in this case, like people who know Lifinity very well. Gaius has looked deep into things. So that's great. Um, yeah, anyways, moving on. Seth Kudabidi says, we should get a content creator to show our project in better views of how our protocol works. And people only get in for the protocol and no hype. So I don't suggest influencers. Nice. Someone who can always create videos, showcase the public, sometimes doing Twitter spaces for the public. I mean, I am doing that. <laughs> but maybe you have like some some different form of video in mind than the type of stuff I've created. I mean, my videos are like just, I mean, yeah, I say the app jokingly, like my videos are just me talking. It's like these AMAs or me like explaining the articles. Um, actually, I was just about to create a new video, like a tutorial video for um, our opening up of deposits. So, yeah, like walking through the Lifinity website and like all the numbers there. So you can look forward to that. Um, yeah, many people don't understand a lot of things here. Not going to lie. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, the videos could definitely help with that. It's true. People who are into crypto long time will NFT space. It's hard for people, I guess. And also, why does the buyback wallet for the week keep decreasing does it mean ain't doing that well in terms to do the buybacks um why does the buyback wallet keep decreasing i mean i think that's mostly a function of like the fact that that one week we had like 500 soul of revenue and which means we deposited more than 250 soul into the wallet, which already had like 100 or something. So we had like 300. And then 
like if you're counting our revenue in Seoul, um, I mean, and that is what we display in our uh, buyback stats images that we release weekly. If you're counting it in Seoul, then yeah, so I guess I'll just talk about this. This is something that's been brought up, uh, especially yesterday. So yesterday we released our buyback stats and people were all, sounded worried because the the revenue in terms of Seoul has been going down ever since that week where we had 500 Seoul in revenue or something. And the error in people's thinking is that they're doing their accounting for two different things differently. So when people first they look at volume like how much volume is lifinity capturing because that's what determines how much trading fees we generate and to do that they check on uh, jupiter because that's where the majority of our volume comes from and jupiter of course tracks its volume in dollars so people look at that and are like all right dollar dollar amount of volume we're capturing is relatively stable but then they look at the revenue and they're counting that in Seoul. And you can't mix your accounting. You can't do one in dollars and the other in Seoul. Um, or else you're going to get like these, or you're going to draw false conclusions basically. So <clears throat> if you're going to look at volume in dollars, then you also have to look at the revenue in dollars um, to see if like we're actually going down each week. Um, and if you look at it that way, then the story is not that straightforward. Um, I posted something earlier in Discord, but basically, like, if you look from two weeks ago, our revenue in terms of dollars is actually up. Um, even though we have less revenue in terms of Seoul. So what does that mean? Well, all it means is the price of Seoul went up. So Seoul became expensive. So if you express the revenue in Seoul, then yeah, it, we've generated less Seoul than we did two weeks ago. But if you look at it in dollars, we actually generated more. <laughs> I hope uh, that that comes across clearly. <laughs> so TLDR, do your accounting in one unit of account, not two. Um, do it all in Seoul or all in dollars. Anyways, uh, where was I? Oh yeah, why does the buyback wallet keep decreasing? Um, yeah, I mean also because we're like we're we're doing a bunch of buybacks. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh meant to. But yeah, I think like if you have a huge week, like we did that one week, then over the course of the following weeks, if you don't have as huge weeks as you did that one, then yeah, it's gonna it's gonna keep decreasing. Let's see. Yeah, so you so said we only have 175 this week, and two weeks back it was 275. 
but yeah, again, that's doing it in Seoul. And if you calculate in dollars, then it tells a different story, is the moral of the story. All right, Staza asks, not IDEO related, but there's lots of buzz around OpenSea onboarding Seoul projects. Has any thought gone into whether that's something in future for Lifinity? Actually, I just applied today, so let's see what they say. Um, it was a really simple sign-up process. Just like, like all they asked for was like all our links to our socials, our page to our marketplace, and how much volume uh, lifetime we've had, and how much volume in the past week. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a decent chance we make it in in the very near near future. I think our total volume, like relative to other projects and stuff, it's like pretty decent, right? I think. Yeah, so wait and see. South Kudabigi, uh, I have no idea what your comment is referring to. Oh well. Vix says, IDEO is first come, first serve, 30 million rays. What if a few whales eats everyone's lunch and nothing is left for the community? Any thoughts? Yeah, this is something uh, a bunch of people have brought up and something the team has definitely considered as well um, long before it was raised as a concern. So basically, <clears throat> there's a trade-off here. Um, if we didn't do first come first serve, basically, I think what people want is to give flare holders an allocation um, to make sure they get an allocation. And then after some period where flare holders can deposit, then we open it up to everyone else. Um, And uh, some, some people have mentioned this and think there's like no downside to this, but we think there is. Um, I think naturally, if you privilege certain groups of people over others, um, just the fact that you're privileging some makes others less um, want to participate in that. So just by the fact that we give an allocation to holders, that <clears throat> will um, disincentivize other people from joining later. So we think the like one of the net effects of doing that kind of um, strategy would be that it would lower the chances of us selling out. And um, yeah, we, we have a strong desire to sell out, um, mainly for the reason that we talked about earlier, where uh, someone asked, like, what's the risk of not selling out? And the main one is, like, the team doesn't get sufficiently funded. <clears throat> and so we really want to avoid that scenario. So, yeah, we decided to prioritize selling out over ensuring that certain people get an allocation. And 
yeah, just to keep going along this line of thought, we also think that it's unlikely that like the whole um, allocation gets eaten up by like a few whales. Um, like I, so recently there was the Stargate incident where Alameda bought like all the nearly all the tokens for their idea. So I think having seen that, people are worried about us, which I mean makes sense. But we do think like it's unlikely that that happens with us. <clears throat> um, and I know I, I wrote about this earlier in the Discord. What did I say? I had such good reasons. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I guess for now, just suffice it to say, we do think it's unlikely. Um, yeah, in particular, like if you try to get in like right as the IDO starts, I think you should be fine. Um, I think there is a tendency to project your own bullishness onto, like, others. <laughs> um, but, like, someone else pointed out, like, most people just don't understand what the hell we're doing, right? Like, our tokenomics is long, and you have to dedicate time to understand it. And like even those who are bullish on us, I don't think anyone is like 30 million bullish on us. Plus you have to keep in mind, if you're gonna buy our tokens, you're pro like most people probably are gonna lock them up at least for some period of time. And I would guess like more than half would lock it up for four years and like, that's quite a commitment, right? Um, like, I, it just seems so unlikely to me that a whale will be like, all right, gonna buy 30 million worth of Lifinity, lock it for four years. Um, it that That is such a concentrated bet. <laughs> like with Al Alameda's case, it's not the same because their tokens aren't locked up. They can sell whenever they want to. At least, uh, I, I think that's I think that's how it is, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I don't think I think the the locking dynamic definitely um, changes the game. And uh, yeah, I think there's a few other factors that are not coming to mind at this immediate moment. But yeah, I hope that answers the question. Let me know if you have any follow-up questions on that. All right, MU Luzern asks, are you following the Honey IDO? They have a similar model with VE Honey. Might give a hint happening today. Um, I'm not really following it. Um, 
Yeah, I know they have VE Honey. They actually like invited me onto a podcast with them to talk about VE tokenomics. And they bailed on me <laughs> and uh, said they'll reschedule, but didn't. So that was too bad. But I guess they're doing like a, what are they doing? Like a mango style idea? They're not doing a VE idea, are they? <clears throat> Um, Staza can't raise our hands to speak. I guess you're talking about, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, like my priority is to, uh, is to <clears throat> answer all of the questions on discord first, just cause it's more efficient. Um, but yeah, if I get through all these, I can let you raise hands or maybe you meant on discord even, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, it looks like I might reach the end of the questions. We're almost there. <clears throat> All right, you love God. Fun question. Can you please FUD your own project so I can double down after it dipped? <laughs> we actually have this joke in our project where we need to manufacture a FUD so that our flares get cheaper so we can buy them back cheaper. Because, uh... <clears throat> especially before the IDO, before the Lifinity distributions begin, um, it benefits the flare holders to have a low price, which is kind of a unique dynamic. <laughs> like, it's not just a joke. It actually does benefit us to have a low price, at least before the IDO. <coughs> um, so FUD my own project. Let's see. Actually, never mind. I'm too lazy. <laughs> um, serious question. I see that Jupiter is routing transactions through your liquidity pools pretty often since we are able to offer better rates consistently. What are other LPs doing wrong? Anything they should learn from us that wouldn't be too hard to implement? Um... I mean, others aren't doing anything wrong, per se. It's just that the mechanisms they have are less efficient. So, like, it all started with the uh, Uniswap V2 model, right? Where the constant product pool, x times y equals k. The benefit of that method is that it has, uh, it offers liquidity at any price. Um no matter how much price decreases or increases, it will always have some tokens left to offer you. The downside of that model is it's very inefficient. So high slippage for traders. So low liquidity, basically. Um, so that's the problem with that. And then there's, you know, a bunch of new models that have come up. I mean... What can they learn from us? Uh, I mean, the, the, the key differentiator is that we use an Oracle, right? So they would, if they want to like get huge gains in efficiency like we have, they just need to use an Oracle. But that's a huge change to the infrastructure. <clears throat> so, you know, more easily said than done. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, recently there's the Uniswap V3 style protocols that have been coming out. So there's like Crema and uh, Orca recently released their products. And so like their liquidity should increase. The problem with that model is they still don't use an Oracle. They just concentrate. Um, instead of concentrating around the Oracle price like we do, they concentrate around a price chosen by the user, and that price is static. So it doesn't change until the user changes it. So, um, so this is the Uniswap v3 model, and uh, plenty of tests have been done on Uniswap v3 LPs and how well they do, and they do quite poorly. Um, I linked to a thread on this in our thread on how we are different from Uniswap v3. Find it in resources. But um, basically, um, the average Uniswap v3 LP loses money from providing liquidity uh, just because they have so much impermanent loss. Like, so much. <laughs> The problem is when you concentrate liquidity, it increases your risk of impermanent loss. So you can gain more trading fees, but you're taking more risk. And that's basically what the Oracle allows us to mitigate um, because we constantly adjust the price that we're concentrating around. It just follows the actual price, not some arbitrary price chosen by the depositor at the point of when they chose the deposit. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, team effort, we can all FUD together. Yeah. I mean, I think there are points of FUD I could bring up if I wanted to. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we're a we're a blockchain project. The fact is, there is risk involved, right? It's not like um, we're guaranteed to moon or something. There's always smart contract risk. There's uh, competitor risk. There's um, what else is there? There's rug risk. Risk, risk everywhere, right? <laughs> um, but, but I mean, yeah, all things considered, I think we're pretty solid. Seth Kudabidi says, Bud, how does Lefinity plan to grow more as a DEX? Um, I'll tell you how. We're going to do a VIDO, and then we're going to put the majority of the funds into our liquidity pools. And then we will have Tons of liquidity, concentrated liquidity. We'll capture a ton of volume. We'll generate a lot of revenue. Um, that's basically it. <laughs> oh, I see we have a validator too. So you noticed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not like, that's not really important to what we do. So yeah not like we're gonna become a staking service or anything how much apy am i getting on that as of now 
And where can I keep checking live APY? Um, for staking on our validator? Uh, you probably just go to, I think it's solanabeach.com or something. They have like validator info, I think. Yeah. Blob Hair says, during the VEIDO, will you be able to purchase Lifinity that has a zero-day locking period? Yes. Actually, we do cover this in the article, part six. Um, yeah, you can purchase Lifinity, so locked for zero days. Um, so this has a 0% discount. And... Yeah, locking for four years, which is the maximum, gives you a 50% discount, which is relative to locking for zero days. So people who lock for four years will get twice as much Lifinity for the same amount of USDC deposited compared to those who lock for zero days. Uh, Jay Sweats, I heard Durden isn't as cool as he seems. Bud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a reason my Twitter account is called Durden Wannabe. Like, <laughs> it's a fact. I wish I was as cool as Durden. I try. Banana Bread 20. Will there be a system to have the Lifinity received by staking flares to automatically be locked up for VE Lifinity rather than having to manually do so as Lifinity is distributed? Right, so... Uh, there's a bunch of people who want this. Um, we made an announcement last week or two weeks ago or something where we mentioned that we are considering implementing something like this. So I think the basic outline of it would be you lock your flare for a whole year and then you receive all the Lifinity or actually one... Yeah, so it would be 100 Lifinity. You would receive 100 Lifinity up front as four-year locked VE Lifinity. Um, yeah, so we're thinking that we might do that, but it's not guaranteed yet. Um, again, this is like a question of priorities. There's like so much to do. Um, so many ideas, so many possibilities. So, yeah, we don't know for sure yet, but that may happen. Let's see. All right. We have reached the end of the questions. So now um, I'm going to see if anyone is raising their hand on Twitter. I can bring you on stage. And also in the AMA, let's see, I need to um, allow requests. All right, everyone can raise their hand on uh, Discord now. All right, we have Fired, who is coming up to speak every time. Every time he has the opportunity, how's it going? You're on mute. 
Hey man. Hey. How are you, bro? Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, it, it has been. Um, oh wait, hold on. Let's see. Yeah, I'm on. Uh, never mind. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think we answered all your questions in our article, didn't we? Yeah, I'm just checking it at the moment. Just one more thing. Maybe I miss it. I may rather see. Is there any um, limitation for your idea? Uh, no. If you mean like, no, like how much USDC you can deposit, then no. No, I can even that. that okay, yeah. Technically, so I'm mean, just for limits of the pool. Like you say, like if you guys gonna say, okay, after one hundred million or oh, fifty million, we're not gonna accept anymore. So is there a limitation like this or not? Thirty million. Thirty million is the max. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just didn't see that. Okay, cool. And the after one year. Uh, to have the Lefinity NFT stock still gonna be useful, you reckon? Because after one year, is all the idea is gone, like all the uh, resting schedule is gone, like why we should keep holding the NFTs? Um, after the IDO or after the Lefinity distribution? After Lefinity distribution, it's one year distribution, yeah. Sure. So the flares, their main source of value comes from the fact that they're backed by, uh, what is it now? You know, something like 20k soul, and it's in our liquidity pools, and it's generating uh, revenue for them. And of course, there's also the royalties, and then all of that goes back to buybacks and reinvestments into the pools. So the pool keeps growing. Um, this never stops. This has been going on from the start, and it will continue even after all the Lefinity is distributed. But the okay, you bind it from the floor, and you just soup in the floor, and then we're holding the NFTs. But wow, why should I have it then? You know, just you guys, you just gonna buy and then keep it in your wallet or the wallet, whatever you think. So what? The, what is the advantage of holding the NFT after the one year? Um, the advantage is that over the long term, on average, the price goes up because we keep buying. Ah, okay. So just uh, because you're going to swap it and then one day if there is nothing, if on the pool, like on the like market, there is no listed. If I'm going to list mine, the 200 soul, you gotta buy that. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the the main question is over there. Like, what you what's your plan to do with the your NFTs in your DAO wallet? So you gonna if DAO gonna say we're gonna burn this, you guys gonna burn or? You guys want to decide what you want to do? Yeah, um, I mean, you're going to decide. All the flare holders are going to decide. So if DAO going to say, or holders going to say, we gonna we want to burn, you guys want to burn? Yeah, of course. Okay. Because I, 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 I can't I can't get the head around, you know? Like, if you guys going to buy and one day going to list it, what is the point then to buy? So. 
Um, oh, you mean the DAO. If the DAO buys back and then lists them again, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's why the DAO is, or like the sentiment seems to be strongly against reintroducing them into the market. Okay. So, but the, okay, all the time there is a risk, is the crypto. And if, you know, like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm having at the moment three Lifinity NFTs in my wallet. Probably I'm going to buy more. And uh, I don't know, like, you know, it sounds like if something is too good, it's not like sounds like going to be happen, you know? I don't know. As you said, like, if we're going to buy, we have to buy, like. No, that's that's really good. Sounds really good, but I'm just you know getting ahead around. I mean, obviously, like the amount we buy is limited by how much revenue we generate. So I'm not saying like you know we're guaranteed to go to a hundred soul in six months or anything like that. You know, it's totally dependent on how much revenue we generate and also how low people are willing to list their flares. So, like, those are both things we we don't really have control over. I mean, like, the, our revenue, we, we can kind of not control it, but, like, we can influence it by improving our market making. But, like, how low people are willing to list their flares, like, we don't have control over that. So, yeah, I mean, like, it is dependent on various factors. And that's why I said, like, on average, the price will tend to go up. But of course, in the short term, especially, like it's more dependent on um, like what speculators do. Like, for example, a while back, we had a huge increase in price until like 15 Sol. Uh, around the time that we listed on Jupiter or we integrated with Jupiter, like people got excited and they're like, there was a lot of uh, buying pressure, right? And then... Um, after that hype died down, then our price has gradually come down, right? Um, and so, like, there's going to be these waves, obviously, like there is with any project. We're just talking about the long term, and we also, like, can't say, like, what is the rate at which the price will go up over the long term? Well, we don't know, because it's on, it's dependent on factors that we can't control. But, yeah, on average, like, since we're buying back, it makes sense that they should go up in price over time. Okay, sounds good. Like, and the you keep buying it, and like how it works. Like you just one day you just buying it end of the week, or just every day if you see the price goes down and you decide to buy. Or how you, how is your strategy for buying it? Well, we have a bot. And the bot's strategy is not public because if we make it public, then it can be gamed and exploited. So yeah, we basically have a bot and it just buys whenever it feels like it. And the bot's strategy, if we were to put it into words, is basically to just buy as many back as it can. So it's trying to maximize the number of flares bought back. Okay, so if, like let's say there is no in zero listing, NFTs and you have 200 sold in your wallet even first week or second week 400 third week 500 so are we gonna be able to see how much uh, 
soul you have in your wallet to buy Eurovik, yeah. even you even, even there is no listed. Yeah, it's uh, our wallet is public. You can find the link in our Discord. We also have a um like a what do you call it? Like a a locked voice channel that shows you how much soul is in the buyback wallet. So you don't even need to like check online. You can just see it in our Discord. Okay, but the this wallet not gonna use for anything. It's just it's just focusing on buying the NFTs from the market. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Never gonna change this one. Yeah, I don't think so. So and then end of the day, if that if that said okay, we we're gonna burn this and then if that all the people gonna sell their NFTs and you have it all of them. Technically, there is no DAO anymore. Well, the people who voted on that old flares, those aren't going to get burned because the DAO doesn't own those. The individuals own those. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, let's say everyone, okay, one day everyone going to sell it, yeah? And uh, if they're going to sell all of them. So there is no other person to decide what we need to do with it is uh, NFTs in your wallet. So all of them going to be yours. All right. So <laughs> this is a common misconception of the end game of the flares. Um, so what would actually happen um, if you're if you're smart? So, so say you're the last person with a flare. You have the one last flare and every other flare is in the buyback wallet. 9,999 of them. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna sell your one flare? Well, if you did, that'd be pretty foolish because then you lose control over all the revenue that's being generated. What should you do instead? You should take one of the flares from the DAO wallet and list it, and then the protocol will buy it back. And that means all that soul goes to you. And, and you still keep your one flare because you didn't sell it. Instead, you sold one of the flares that's in the DAO wallet, one of the bought back ones. So then you perpetually keep ownership over like however much soul is in the liquidity pools. And so you can just keep getting all that revenue all for yourself. And there's no need to sell your last flare. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm going to buy 10 of them right now. <laughs> What's that? I'm gonna buy 10 of them. I'm gonna buy 10 extra, bro. More time. 10 more. I, I, I'm not I'm not hearing what you're saying. I'm just saying I'm gonna buy uh, 10 more. Oh, you're gonna buy 10 more? <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna try to be that last person? Yeah, why not? It's a play game. <laughs> <laughs> like a squid game, bro. <laughs> Oh, uh, shoot. I saw uh, Seth Kutabidi. You were raising your hand, but you canceled. Yeah. If money talks, bro, money talks. We're over there. No problem. All right. Thanks for the question, man. Okay, bro. Thanks, bro. Thanks for answering my question. Always. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for always coming on. All right. We have a. Uh, Seth Kudabidi with us. How's it going? Hi, man. How you doing? All right. 
Alright. Okay, so I just so I mean I actually got into flyers pretty late. Uh I was I actually just minted one and I wasn't even in the Discord after and then I actually bought uh everything off the floor when flyers were around three salt. So I don't really know how much uh so basically you said you have twenty K sol in your uh I mean in your market making strategy, which can be used to buy back flyers later. So that soul is not for buying back. That's like the liquidity that the flares own. But so that's what's used to generate the revenue, the trading fees and market making profit, but it's not used for buybacks. Uh-huh. All right. Cool, man. Cheers. Cheers. Uh All right, I see a question in the Discord. Alive asks VE Lefinity can swap LP. Um, yeah, so you can swap your LP tokens for VE Lefinity. But that functionality will be live after the IDO. That's something we haven't developed yet. So yeah, we'll develop that after the IDO. All right, well. I see no more questions. Um, or anyone raising their hands. I guess I'll wait just a little bit more, see if anyone has some last minute questions. I see a question in the questions channel. Maybe I'll just answer this one. <laughs> Leandro asks, I'm new here. I'm trying to figure out how Lefinity works. So far, I think it's a nice project. Too bad I missed last year's Mint. Anyway, I'm thinking about purchasing some Lefinity players for myself. But I'd like to know what is the benefit to do so right now since I missed the pre-IDO airdrop. Besides NFT appreciation, which I think is super cool, how do I get revenue from the pools? Do I need to hold the airdropped tokens? or the NFT itself. Someone could give me some light. Maybe not the best question to answer on an AMA. It's basically like, are flares 101? But I guess I'll just answer it until I see another question pop up. Actually, oh, never mind. All right, so yeah, I mean, all the revenue we generate from trading fees and royalties, half of it goes to buybacks. Half of it goes to reinvesting into the liquidity pools. So that is how you, quote, get the revenue from the pools. Um, there is no direct dis distribution of our revenue to your wallet. Um, the revenue goes to you in the form of appreciation of the value of your NFT. Yeah. Um, do I need to hold the airdropped tokens? Right, so the Lefinity tokens that you receive for being a flare holder, you can do whatever you want with them. You can sell them or you can lock them for VE Lefinity to get protocol rewards. 
up to you. Probably need to answer this later in written form because they're probably not in this <laughs> AMA. Um, all right. Well, I see Blob Hair is typing something. But yeah, maybe that'll be my last question to answer. All right, Blobhair asks, when you think about a medium-term view of Lifinity decks and the decks landscape in general, does the team expect the decks scene to expand going forward as crypto generally gains more mainstream acceptance? Hmm. I think that's very dependent on, first of all, wallet infrastructure. Okay, it follows up with in terms of volume and usage. Yeah, so like it seems like it depends on whether people are willing to custody their own assets, right? Um, if it's just if they just want to trade, they can do that all on a centralized exchange. But if they're going to use a DEX, they need to hold their own assets. And um, that's scary for a lot of people. Um, I mean, even for like experienced people, it can be scary at times, right? Um, it just takes one mistake to lose it all. So, like, how how much will the wallet infrastructure improve, or like also like your private key management infrastructure? Um, will there be better solutions for that? Like, writing your passphrase on a piece of paper and hiding it somewhere, like. Surely we can do better than that, <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, it seems like it has to increase, though, like the amount of volume and usage. Like, the only question is, like, how? what's the speed at which it'll increase? Like, we're, we're certainly not at the cap. We're not, like, at the, the peak of... Um, crypto adoption so like it has to go up i just don't know what speed that will be at um and then uh it's possible that like eventually the liquidity on dexes will become better than centralized exchanges although that might be in the distant future not sure I mean, I guess the main reason that centralized exchanges have better liquidity in general is because there's professional market makers. And uh, like on protocols like Uni V2 or like the stable swap tools, like the curve style ones, I mean, those don't require any kind of um, active management. So it's like totally automated, uh, just like our pools. So it, they don't require any professional market makers 
and market professional market makers can't gain any edge from using those protocols. So that's why they're on the centralized exchanges, at least until now. Now, like on Solana, we're starting to have things like Serum, which is kind of replicating the infrastructure on a centralized exchange. And so there are professional market makers on Serum and they can like use the same strategies or essentially the same strategies that they use on centralized exchanges to provide liquidity. Um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, like that's, that's like something where you're, you're beginning to see a potential flippening of liquidity where DEXs become more liquid than centralized exchanges. Um, but I mean, we're not there yet, obviously, but one day that could happen. Uh, yeah, those are some of my thoughts. A prominent asks, because lower volume for a particular pair can impact the market making profit for that pair, will Affinity be watching over a pair for a number of weeks prior to creating the pool for that pair? Um, yeah, so we always check the volume of a pool before we add a pool, if that's what you mean. Yeah, because like we don't need to um, add the pool to know that, right? Like you can all, you can already see the volume, both on centralized exchanges and on decentralized exchanges. So yeah, we we definitely pay attention to that. <clears throat> Um, like these new pools, the first ones that we're opening up for deposits are the relatively high volume pairs, for example, um, or the next in line high volume pools. So yeah. All right, Blob Hair asks, so zoom out to a more long-term view. Is that sort of your guess on how uh, protocol-owned liquidity will work out for DEXs that choose to use it. Um, P-O-L, that is protocol-owned liquidity, right? I'm asking because the O is lowercase. <laughs> um, is that my guess on how protocol-owned liquidity will work out for DEXs that choose to use it? Um, yeah, okay. Uh, you mean like, will they, will they do what we're doing? Is that the question? Like, uh, oh, as far as decentralized exchange versus centralized exchange, I mean, not necessarily like, so for one thing is the only reason that, or like one of the reasons or one of the requirements to be able to do protocol-owned liquidity, I think, is your protocol needs to be automated. <clears throat> so like I was just talking about, like Uniswap V2 is totally automated and so is the curve style stable swap pools. Um, Uniswap V3 is not automated because you need to choose the range in which to provide liquidity. And similarly, Serum is not automated because you need to choose where to place your bids and asks. 
so um see where was i yeah so protocol owned liquidity for those like it doesn't work or at least like to make it work you need like a a clear strategy for like how you're going to deploy that liquidity onto your decks so it's not as straightforward at least um and yeah is is this going to be like something that every every dex tries to do going forward i'm not so sure so the thing is like part of the reason that we're able to do it i think is because we're really profitable as a dex like relative to other dexes and so <clears throat> um and that like has a lot of consequences one is that like on other dexes they're i mean oh well, i guess efficiency comes into play too like other dexes they want as much liquidity as they can get um because that means like they're not really concerned about profitability mainly because they do liquidity mining i think and they can you know like arbitrarily adjust their like how much rewards they want to give based on that and not on the revenue they generate. Um, and so it doesn't matter like how much they dilute their trading fees. Cause like the trading fees don't even matter anyways. They're so small relative to the liquidity mining rewards. Um, their goal is just to like gather as much liquidity as possible. So they get that they become large. Like they capture a bunch of TVL and like try to dominate that way basically. Whereas in our case, we're actually profitable and beyond a certain level, like we begin to dilute that profitability. So we don't want like limitless amounts of liquidity. Um, and for that reason, we basically like restrict LPs, right? Um, as we approach that target liquidity, we start to decrease their rewards. Um, and like the whole reason we're doing that is because we have protocol owned liquidity and we want to prioritize, um, the EL affinity holders over LPs so that they get, uh, the bulk of the trading fees. Um, and if we didn't have protocol owned liquidity, then we wouldn't need to worry about that. Really. You just let the market work itself out. But so, for example, like imagine if Radium <clears throat> had protocol owned liquidity, then the trading fees it's generating is like minuscule, right? <laughs> so there's not much to protect, basically. Um, and plus, like their target liquidity is like some giant number that they will never reach because because they use a constant product pool um so it's kind of not relevant so i hope that makes sense like if they if some other protocol tried to do protocol on, on liquidity it's like a entirely different dynamic so for us at least the way i see it it's very intertwined with our profitability and it's something we can do because we're profitable um yeah all right Following with your follow-up questions. Because the Lefinity Dex is able to provide its own liquidity, it'll have significant advantage 
versus a centralized exchange liquidity? Um, I mean, it depends what you mean by advantage here. Uh, and like, what do you mean by the centralized exchange? The thing is like for us, we, we are both the DEX and the owner of the liquidity. On a centralized exchange, there's the centralized exchange, and then there's the provider of the liquidity, which is professional market makers. And those are not the centralized exchange. So it's it's kind of a different comparison. So I'm not exactly sure like what, which comparison you're trying to have me make there. DEX will have an advantage to centralized exchange because it doesn't have to pay for liquidity. So like centralized exchanges, I'm not even sure they do pay for liquidity. I'm not like super knowledgeable on that front. Um, like do centralized exchanges pay market makers? Or actually is it like, mark? I mean, market makers make money from what they do, right? So. I'm not sure they need to be paid. Um, like I think centralized exchanges probably offer at least like like discounts on the fees and stuff for market makers. But do they actually pay them for the liquidity? I'm not sure. I know that like projects pay professional market makers to market make for them on centralized exchanges, but that's different than saying the centralized exchange pays for the market makers. So, yeah, like all that is opaque, right? Like they don't, the details of all, the, all that kind of stuff isn't public, so I don't really know. And I've never been a professional market maker or worked for one or anything, so yeah. Uh, probably someone else can, or knows better. <laughs> Pramano asks, since Lifinity is part of DeFi on Solana, how does a trading volume in centralized exchanges influence the decision for any new pool? Yeah, so the, like the MSOL USDC pool that we had is a good example of that. Um, so there wasn't much trading volume on MSOL USDC on centralized exchanges. Um, like, although it's better to hold MSOL than SOL because it appreciates in price more because you get staking rewards. People just prefer to trade the SOL, I guess maybe because it's more liquid. And I guess like also people don't know what the hell MSOL is. <laughs> Especially if you're trading on a centralized exchange, like they don't know like what what these like staking derivatives are, right? I'm, I, I'm sure like a lot of people don't. Um, so yeah, there's just like tons more trading volume on Sol USDC. So what that means is <clears throat> the price of MSOL USDC doesn't move as fast as Sol USDC. And that's not good for us because that's where our advantage comes from relative to um, constant product pools because the centralized exchange price moves faster and then we get that price update because we have the Oracle. Um, and then so we don't we don't get arbitraged, um, but we were using the MSOL USDC price Oracle, 
which was like very slow moving. And therefore we did get arbitraged because the price weren't being up weren't getting updated fast enough. So yeah. So anyways, so that that's like the negative effect that you can have from not having enough trading volume on a centralized exchange. And how does that influence our decision for new pools? Um I think usually we just have to test it out for a while to figure that out, but um yeah, like with this with the case of MSOL USDC, we needed to temporarily close it down. Um, and then we thought of the new way to use the sole USDC price feed, which updates really fast, and then just adjust that price feed according to how much staking rewards MSOL has accrued, and then just trade based on that. <clears throat> so yeah, it's kind of a case-by-case -case thing. But yeah, yeah. And they follow up, wouldn't centralized exchange users just ignore DEXs and their possibly better rates? I mean, yeah, if someone's on a centralized exchange, I don't think they're using decentralized exchanges in general. Um, unless they're like arbitragers and stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think I answered your question. All right, blob hair is satisfied. Um, any hands raised? No hands raised. Romano is also satisfied. All right. Well, it looks like I have satisfied all of you. It's good. Um, any final questions? We good? Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining. We'll probably do at least one more AMA before our BEIDO. Um, we will open the pools up soon. And do you have anything else coming up? Uh, not that I can think of at the moment. All right. So yeah, thanks for joining once again. And until next time, cheers, guys.